Hello, and welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick. This is my first time experiencing all these episodes. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 20, Sounds of Silence. Original air date was April 19th, 2001. Director is Peter Markle, which I feel like is a new director. I feel like that's oh, not yeah? a name that I've said before, but I'll have to double check. We'll do, we'll do, we'll, we'll go back. We'll double check. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker. We definitely named him yep. before. Mm-hmm. Josh Berman, definitely named him before. And Andrew Lipsitz, also named him before. And we begin today's episode with shots of the Vegas Strip. So, Nick, what is our Vegas score for this episode? Because I think it's just going to depend on time yeah, of our, Vegas Strip for this my, one. Our Vegas is a very sort of common number recently, another three. We actually okay. had four shots. I think we we're. it was very close to, I think, hitting the four mark. But oh, I, think, right. okay. I think it's really hard if you don't have, like either five shots or you need to get like 20 seconds or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's they've they've kind of hit the sweet spot right they figured out all of the opening things are all between like 12 and 14 seconds yeah, now yeah, 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 yeah. and so i think we're gonna be stuck in threes for a while so it's a yeah. said season two might have a, a different system i, th- yeah, I think that's a good time might to reboot, we might reboot the system come to season two listeners yeah. just to you know just to keep it interesting but, so it's not just like every episode we're like it's three it's three it's three don't worry there will there'll definitely be a spreadsheet and some graphs because i am a data visualization guy he really is we'll go up on our on our our twitter x profile and and share with the world but uh yeah no we're 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 i think we had like one two and five threes the last six episodes yeah that sounds about right and they're all basically the same it's it's the it's coming down the number of shots more so the number of seconds yeah. yeah but we also get a lot more intercut Vegas shots. And that's where I think like the, the future the of the Vegas for, score yeah, lies yeah, is like, okay, is what's okay. the total amount of Vegas. I also am really looking forward to episode one of season two, where I feel like we're going to get a lot of Vegas because they're going to expect a lot of new viewers. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, just yeah. want everyone like, to really know it up. that CSI takes place in Las Vegas. Yeah. 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 So we move away from the Vegas trip and we focus in on two girls driving. So they're just having a good time driving in Las Vegas. And all of a sudden they hit a bubble. Yeah. And only one of them wants to stop. Only one of them wants to stop. They do stop and they're kind of like, oh, no, what did we hit? I'm not sure. I think we might have hit a like, I think we might have hit a person. And we Which, then go to the Python scene. Oh, have you hit an animal in your car? There's before? no way you would you would misinterpret. I mean, I've never hit a person, I've, so I guess I've hit maybe a I can't bunny. And the amount of like travel your car has going over like a small animal. Animal, yeah. If you hit a person, it would, it be, would, so, be, it would be so significant. For those who've been listening for a while, I just moved to a new house a few months ago, and two like three weeks ago maybe I was out walking my dogs. And I saw a bunny that I'm pretty sure got hit by a car because it like couldn't use its back legs. Oh. And I was like, oh no. So I like I took the dogs for a walk and I was like, I'll go check to see if it's still there when I'm like done walking the dogs. I took the dogs. Well, actually, as I was walking the dogs, I called a wildlife rehabber and I was like, hey, if I can get this bunny, will you take it in? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I got home with the dogs and I went and the bunny was still there. And I was like, all right. So I scooped the bunny up and I brought it in. I, I still don't think the outcome was great for the bunny, but it's better than the bunny dying on the side of the road. I think I was like seven, and me and a person I used to hang out with found like a bird that was in bad 
kind of a weird birds place. Birds are so t- birds are and like we, almost impossible to rehab, which is so we rode sad, our bike like, like two miles uh, to the vet yeah, and gave yeah. it to them. And I remember leaving there thinking, they're just gonna kill that bird. They're, well, they're gonna humanely euthanize the bird. <laughs> but they're I just put like the bird out of its suffering. I just sadly, felt, like it's so tough to rehab birds because like if anything yeah. happens to their wings, you like can't release them, and that makes the, it very difficult. I was a very old child like for for a child i feel like i was i was very sort of ahead in terms of like the way i saw the world and i just i already had that sense that this you were pessimistic at a very well no i was the way they they were patronizing me like you would patronize like a little oh yeah yeah no we'll take care of it yeah Yeah, and i was just and i was like i was like why were you why are you using that tone of voice I was like, I I know when we brought our cat here a year ago yeah, and dis- had to put it, her did, it did not after well. after it was hit by a car, you put it down. And <laughs> yeah, I know like, that I you do that, that here. No, uh, so yeah, it, but that was like my first memory. But I didn't hit an animal with my vehicle. I was like thirty two, first time it happened. Yeah, I was. I was it, middle, it happened to me like a year ago. Like yeah. I was thirty six years old when I accidentally hit a squirrel, and it was a horrible horrible saturday morning I, I, like I, I felt so bad but it i remember like the sound i remember like the i remember how obvious it was that's why that, so to get back to yes. the, the to show it, if you would hit a you human you would not say i hit a pothole no not vague no, first off no there's no way how many potholes are there in vegas it never rains <laughs> right. it, there's no snow <laughs> like there's not a lot of cause for potholes uh, yeah 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 i yeah, know i don't know what she thought she had <laughs> No, I don't but I'm glad they stopped and turned themselves in. They did. And so we go to the police on scene. Grissom and Sarah arrive. We see Warwick is taking pictures of the crime scene. And we quickly learn that the victim who was supposedly like hit and killed by these two women, in fact, had two distinctive tire treads on him which leads Grissom to believe that he was already dead when the girl's car drove over him so they did not kill him he was already dead in the road and then they drove over him is where we get to I don't so this scene is like extra weird because the guy's laying on the ground and they like lift up his shirt it's not like I can't call it broad daylight because it's the middle of the night, but like it's the middle of the night, but there are people up. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you're like exposing this run over body, you don't know what you're gonna find in their shirt, and they just show these like two tire tracks. That like was he shirtless when they ran over him? Because like why yeah, are the tire see, tracks like, the black, through you the see, shirt? Like, the black marks as if like the tire directly applied on yeah, him. Yeah. But like from all the reenactments we see, he had his shirt on. Also. Your skin, it's not ablating that tire rubber off to leave this heavy, dense mark. No, they weren't going 150 miles over you to, like, yeah. skid mark over you. You know, like... <laughs> I, it, was, it, was, it was clearly a little over the top, but a I just love the part the where he's, like, lifting his shirt up. I also love the... I think this... Have we already had work in the scene? Did I, did I yes, miss you say that? Yes, he's yeah. taking pictures. Yeah, so he's got the beer cans that he's moved yeah, and from then, yeah, the side like, of the oh, street. Have you been, have you been like, drinking why? tonight? Why did you have to move though? I have no idea. Other like, than other than to have Grissom say, "Have you been drinking tonight?" Yeah. There's no reason for him to have moved the, the beer can from the sidewalk. That was, that it's was, a weird was, episode. It's a it's a strange it's a strange. I kept trying to figure out if it was supposed to, if it was they weren't sure what it was gonna be, <laughs> and so they 
Like they they shot it so that it could be ambiguous and filled in later. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a stumbling episode. Like they're stumbling through a lot of this. So we go to credits. We then have Catherine and Nick pull up. Catherine lets Grissom know that there's like a shooting at the coffee shop. She's basically like, hey, Nick and I are on this. And she also reminds Grissom that she wants to go to a conference. And the deadline to like submit paperwork from him is like end of day for her to be able to like attend this conference. End of shift, she says, right? End of shift, which I don't know what that means. Does that mean 7 a.m.? Yeah. You know, they have weird shifts, but it doesn't matter. So we then go to Grissom's. I think it's important to call out here how determinately, like, Grissom pushes back, like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I got it. I won't forget, like, you know, because it comes up later, but, like, it's so, like, it's so crazy for him to be so... Yeah, don't worry about like, it. Like, don't, I got it. How like, dare you, you accuse you? me that I yeah, wouldn't yeah. do this? Yeah. 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 It, comes, it comes back later, listeners, if you have not watched this episode already. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We then go to Grissom, Sarah, and Warwick with Doc Robbins. The victim from their hit and run has been ID'd. Uh, he is, his name is Brian. Doc Robbins lets them know that he is deaf. And we also learn that he has dried blood on his knuckles. So my, most likely he has been in a fight. Yeah. I mean, and presumably, like recently, because you would have washed your hands if it was, you know, any other time ago. Mm. Yeah. And not his blood, which is the other important part. I think they, they tell us. About yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, we learned, I don't know if we learned that right then, but they later test the blood and it is not his blood that's on his knuckles. Mm. So, yeah. So we have Catherine and Nick arriving at their crime scene. I, I had to write this line down and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this because it, it piqued my interest the first time I listened to the episode. And then because of scheduling conflicts, I was not feeling well last week. So I watched... The first time I watched this was last week, and then I didn't watch it again until today. Same. And today, when I was watching, I was like, oh, right, this line. This line is bananas. Like, So as Nick and Catherine are walking into their scene, and we, we already know it's a multi, like multiple people are dead at the scene, right? They're walking in, and he's talking to Catherine, and he's saying this straight-faced, so I, I also feel like this plays into it. He goes, one death is a shame, more than one is a party. I don't even. I don't think I even clocked that. That is a weird line. And I was like, "Has so many weird lines." In this and show. I was like, "What? What are you talking about, Nick?" Like, and then Catherine just was like, "Yep, like plan to like do overtime or whatever." But I like, but I was like, "What is happening? What is going on?" Yeah, it's always like plan to do overtime, except that for somehow we'll magically wrap this up by the end of. Yeah, the shift. next day or something. I don't think it's like the next shift, but it's, it's pretty soon. So we learned that one of the victims is, is a Frankie Flynn, and this might have been a possible hit. Like, he was a person that, like, drove around in an armored car. There's a lot of people that would have yeah. wanted him dead. So I would wind to re-listen to them describe this, because so he was a casino owner. Yeah, and but he was, like, an ex-casino owner. Yeah. I think he was, like, out of the business at this point, but he, like, you know, he was in shady dealings, and there's a lot of people that possibly wanted him dead. And so we see a reenactment as if Flynn was the target, and the two girls in the coffee shop were shot last. So, yes. So, like, someone came yeah. in the front door. Basically take out the shot, witnesses. Shot Flynn, shot his bodyguard, shot the guy wearing the headphones and then took out the two coffee shop workers as just basically like, Oh, you walked in on me doing this hit and I had to kill it. Yeah. There was a, 
There's a person body not there because he was not dead, so they sent him to the hospital. Yeah. Brass tells us he dies on the way shortly yeah, after. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Nick remarks because he's got death metal or speed metal. Yeah, like something. you wouldn't be able to hear. Like I don't know what he says. That's dead. definitely not true. Yeah, especially a disc man. Like come on. And it's and it's one of it would have skipped when and it's one of those, on every so, show. So so both Nick and I are as we're recording this are wearing headphones that like. Over the ears. Well, cover all of our ears. They're over the ears. These are like the cover your like cheap ear holes. foam pad. Yeah, cheap against... foam, tiny, barely cover your ear holes. Never mind your entire ear. Like if you, you were to you'd be able room, to hear things. Over if you were to acquire a room and somebody said something to you, you you would know that they were talking to you. Yeah, these were not like noise reducing headphones. But that anyone who's ever fired a firearm, there is a physical change that happens in the air, right? Yes. Air is a big. Yeah. That's why it's so loud. Is the air is expanding. Yeah, it vibrates. Right. It's yeah. um. If you're. Gonna, I mean, same, you have, you same have way you feel you have, bass. I mean, you have kickback, right? Like if you're. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first yeah, time that enough I enough to move a human. Yeah, I mean, the first time that I shot a handgun, the person who was helping me, like guiding me through shooting it, was like, "Watch for the kickback," and I was like, "What do you mean?" And yeah. as soon as I did, it was like, "Boop!" And I was like, "Ah." Yeah, you can, and you I was can like, hear. My hand came right towards my face. And you can hear a gunfire through like the the ear protection over your yeah. headphones they give you. It just gets really quiet. So yeah, so like that's kind of like a farce. It was a farce. But also, I would like to point out that every disc man that I've ever seen would have skipped from the vibrations. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so true. Back. The tiniest little bit, and they're like. So we then go to Grissom. He's arriving at a home. He meets with Mrs. Clemens, who is Brian's mom. He tells her that Brian was killed. She is very upset, thinking that his... Originally thinking that his death was a result of him being deaf. Like, I don't know if she, like, oh, maybe he got hit by a car because he couldn't hear a car coming. Yeah. You know, like, she seemed to, like, assume that Probably the he things died. that have kept her up at night. Yeah. Having a deaf child. Having a deaf son. Yeah. So, and then Grissom lets her know that, like, nope, in fact, we think that he was murdered. And Grissom is like, oh, hey, we can connect you with a counselor if you want to talk to a counselor. And she's like, talking is overrated. Just find the person who killed my son. I think an important thing from this scene is they talk about, like, the doorbell at the door. Yes, vibrating the floor so that he could... he could feel it when somebody rang the doorbell. It's the it's the first time you're really starting to key in that Grissom is aware has some kind of comprehension of yes. what it might be to be deaf. Yes. Which yeah. spoiler comes up quite a bit in this episode. Spoiler alert. Also, at the end of this episode, we can have a fun conversation about how much sign language Nick understood in the uh nonverbal outro. Oh, okay. Alright, yeah. Let's get let's get there. So We then move to Catherine with Doc Robbins. We learned that Flynn had colon cancer. This was another line. I just feel like this episode was full of lines where I was like, CSI, what are you doing? Doc Robbins did say it's a new director. Maybe we'll never hear that person's name again. Maybe we'll never hear this person again because. (laughs) So we learned that Flynn had colon cancer. He probably only had like one or two months left to live if, Mm -hmm. you know, he hadn't got shot. And Doc Robbins is like, he got off easy. Yeah, yeah, yes. Maybe he wanted to live. Maybe there were things he wanted to do before he knew he was going to die of colon cancer. Like, I know that colon cancer is, like, a rough one. And, like, yes, he would have, I'm sure it would have been painful. And, like, I'm not trying to minimize people suffering with colon cancer. But I also, like, how can you say, like, oh, he got off easy when time was taken away from him that he expected to have? 
that that and is you, not getting if off you're easy, up walking around visiting coffee shops right. you still like, got life to live still have life to live so i was like uh doc robbins how about you not make those assumptions sir like that's pretty rough we then learned that one this episode of the, is trying to be too cheeky that's what I it think is. It is i don't it's so uh, weird yeah. and it's especially weird on the second watch and we learned one of the other victims one of the coffee shop wor- workers erin mccarty was pregnant. She was six weeks pregnant. So my notebook just says plus baby because I was writing down who all the victims. Yeah, were. that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's six weeks pregnant, and we then go to. But she would know, right? She would know. She would. Catherine. Catherine this comes up multiple that. times that she would definite. And to be fair, I will say as someone born in a female body, especially when I was like in my early twenties, like. If I was late by a day, I knew I was late by a day. Yeah, Thankfully, it never came probably, up. I don't want to have kids. But Probably like me, you've probably known somebody who became pregnant, but went through a very long period where they were very like, oh, no, I'm not pregnant or something. Yes. So yes. it's like, it's like you would definitely, I mean, people definitely know people definitely when they're know. supposed to ovulate, when they're not supposed to ovulate, when they're late. But people are also very dismissive of it. So it was kind of a weird comment. But I eh. but I think what she's really saying is, like, it, she wasn't completely in the dark. Because no, I, I think that guy... And she had six weeks. Like, this is not, yeah. like, if she was four weeks, wherein, like, right when you would be, like, missing yeah, your period. Weeks, I can understand being like, oh, she might yeah. not know because she's four weeks pregnant. But six weeks pregnant is, like, two weeks past when... Or, or even longer because right? it's a like, weird... It's a we won't get into it, but it's a very weird thing how they count the length of pregnancy. So, oh yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's very strange. It's very very strange. So, like, it, all I know is this fruit involved. And... <laughs> yes, <laughs> a, your baby is the size of an orange. So your we baby then go is the size to... of a chia seed. <laughs> <laughs> we then go to Nick processing the coffee shop scene. We learn that all of the bullet casings are from a nine millimeter. We then realize that the manager of the coffee coffee shop, a Brad Kendall, is outside, and should have known. This should have been a tip off. I should have had a prediction here. Oh, you didn't. I was kicking myself on the second watch. How many times in this show already have they referred to people returning to the scene of a crime? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. I did. I didn't even clock it. I was. Which is so funny because I've been, I guess, sort of rewatching, but now rewatching plus watching a new Hannibal the TV series oh, okay. and there's like this whole big thing about like someone going to the funeral of someone who's been murdered and somebody else there is like suspecting them of being the one who murdered the person and they're like hey they tend to revisit crime scenes like what what is, are you doing at this person's funeral is that person uh, Hannibal it's not Hannibal okay. no. is that the Mads Mikkelsen one yes it's really good I, I mean, that was really mm, good. I never watched it. First season, fantastic. Like, first season, oh, chef's kiss. Second season, third season, but, but like, the actors are always great. I kept, like, I kept waiting for you, like, nothing, fourth season, no, amazing. No, there's only three. There's only three. And we then go to Sarah and Warwick arriving at the school for the deaf, where they assume that Brian was a student. They meet a Dr. Gilbert, and they bring an interpreter with them. And during the beginning of the conversation, Sarah is like looking back at the interpreter talking so, and not looking at Dr. Gilbert when she's talking. On the second watch through, I clocked that at the beginning, she's actually not doing that. And then the, and then 
that but the the principal isn't saying anything yeah so she starts looking and back. then she starts looking back and i was like ah that's that's interesting because like at some point she's kind of like what am i i feel like she's just confused yeah like which what is, you, which like, is I a, and i don't know if that was intentional or not and it does happen quite quickly so because they kind of like drop you in the middle of it. It feels like they've been having a conversation already. Yeah, and, and then we it. got to like. She's like, I understand. You don't want to ha- cooperate. And she's looking at it. And then she says something and she stops and she looks back and asks another question behind her. And that's kind of when it changes. But like, yeah, the second watch through, I, I thought it was important to note that like, I actually think she was trying. And in the, in the, in what they're trying to show here is that Sarah doesn't know what to do, right? She's yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She kind of uncovers, and then, and Grissom kind of brings that up again later. Like, you, like you don't, you don't know how to, you you're not treating the situation correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, so Doctor Gilbert asks if they can send someone else, like with more understanding. She basically kicks mm-hmm. them out, and it's like, nope, like you can't, you can't solve this crime because you don't understand the victims. So you need to get out of here and bring somebody else in. So. Sarah and Warwick pull up to HQ. They talk to Grissom. They're letting him know, like, hey, she was super hostile and, like, wouldn't let, let us investigate. Kicked and us so out. Grissom returns to the college uh, with right. them. I want to say that I feel like Grissom is like, what? How dare... Like, his attitude is like, how dare they dismiss my people? I know. And We're then he gets there and he's there. very... I don't think I realized he wasn't outside the college the first time and they were at the station when I watched yeah, they were it the, at the second station. time. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, then you all drove back there and then yeah, you brought the two there. of them with you? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, it was just kind of like a funny realization. I thought that it's like, he seemed like he was really bothered. Instead of like, like seeing into the problem, which is something yeah. that he should have been empathetic to based yeah, on yeah. the way the scene goes. Yeah, so Grissom returns with them to the college and, you know, he walks into Dr. Gilbert's office and he starts signing. And this, not immediately, but, like, slowly starts to, like, lower Dr. Gilbert's walls and her her guard a bit. And she starts to be a little bit more accepting. And Grissom tells her, for reasons completely unbeknownst to me, that he will include her in the investigation. What does that mean? Like, Why? You Why? You you are shows. the dean. Like you're like the president of the college of thousands of students, and one of your like I'm not saying that like it's not a sad thing that one of your students got murdered. Of course it is, but like, why do you need like you're not his mom? Include his mom in the investigation if you're gonna like include somebody yeah. on the investigation. Only, like, why are you including this woman in the investigation? I don't know why I remember this, but I think it's only 132 people in the school. Like it's a okay. really small but even school. Sti- but even but still, that, like because she makes the whole thing we eat together. And yeah, we, like we're a family. But even still, yeah. he has a mom. Yeah. But like, also, he has like, a woman that raised him. So, like, if somebody's going to be including the investigation, maybe the woman that has raised him his entire life and not the woman that has been, like, yeah. overseeing him and 134 other students for also, the last, like, two years. Grissom, what happened to, like, being the boss and being responsible? You can't tell people information yeah, they're, they're about cases. Yeah, they're just going to be, like, included in the investigation when they have, like, your, no credentials. Yeah, way to let your feelings ruin a case again, Grissom. It's only everybody else's feelings that ruin cases, not his feelings that ruin cases. I do want to point out before we go further, though, I did I did research this because I was pretty sure this was true. But I was like, let me double check that this is true. The actress who plays Dr. Gilbert is deaf in real life. So kudos to CSI for hiring a deaf actress to portray a deaf character. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because... 
But I could see how in the year 2001, they... That might not be true. ...could easily make that mistake. They could easily make that mistake. So I want to, I do want to give them kudos to actually hiring a deaf actress. I did not look at the uh, IMDb for this episode either. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I did I look didn't, that I up. Didn't, I, I don't was, have a spot to guest star. So. Yeah, I was, I was pretty sure. Like, I was like, oh, I'm fairly certain that, you know, she's a deaf actress. But I was like, let me just double check before I say that. <laughs> in podcast history and it's true so kudos csi so we then go to grissom and dr gilbert looking through the students files we learn that brian had filed six complaints against his roommate paul and grissom understandably wants to talk to paul because he like assaulted brian and there's obviously some pretty bad discord discourse between the two of them so grissom wants to talk to him so great great line this episode i'm not sure if it's already happened Mm. It happens later, where Grissom is like, you don't have to hear to murder somebody. <laughs> yes. No, this is right here. Yeah. He yeah. goes, yeah, he's, because she's, she says, you know, he can't, he can't hear or speak. And Grissom says, you don't need to hear or speak to communicate. You also, you know, don't need to do that to murder or something. That's not quite the yeah, line, yeah. but it's something along those lines. So it's just so over the top. It's yeah. So we then go to Grissom Warwick and Sarah back at HQ. Grissom is not going to tell them why he knows how to sign. Like Sarah's like, how do you know how to sign? And he's I like, mean, I'm not going to tell you. And he's I'm not like, the kind of person to communicate with people in general. He is so. not. He is a horror. We have learned this. We're, we're on episode 20. We have learned that Grissom is a very poor communicator so he continues his poor communication skills but not at the end of the episode he's very open at the end of the episode just not with his co-workers yeah, yeah. so it's really quite rude to be honest like he like somebody's like basically saying like hey how did you know to do he's like no i'm, I'm yeah, not interested no, in sure i'm gonna okay. like okay i will okay i will say in grissom's defense this is not the end of this storyline no and it becomes apparent later why he's sensitive about people knowing the truth about why he can sign. So I, I'll give Grissom a bit of a pass that it does down the road make a little bit more sense. It doesn't make a ton of sense of this episode, but it does make more sense down the line. So Grissom is interviewing Paul. Dr. Gilbert is in there with him. They, I did not look this up. I, I looked up the one thing and then I did not have time to look up this other thing. But they're doing brain printing, which I have no idea if this is a real I, thing. Or I was going to ask they you just, like, is totally if this is a real CSI thing. Because no you're like, you like know more about this stuff. And I have, so, I've never heard of this. I mean, I've heard of it from this episode, but I have never heard of it. It also feels like, like it would be inadmissible. <laughs> I think it would totally be inadmissible in court. So basically it's a visual polygraph. And so he shows several images to Paul of like people or places that he would recognize. Right. So like a picture of Dr. Gilbert, a picture of the school, a picture of Brian, and they register that Paul, you know, recollects these items. And then they show a picture of the crime scene and a picture of Brian at the crime scene, no recollection. So the idea is that he has no visual remembrance of the crime scene or of Brian in that state of the crime scene. So we then have Grissom in his office and I will admit that the first time I watched this episode I thought something was wrong with my TV and then I realized that they purposely cut the audio 
Oh, All this right. is when he's hearing the, wearing the earplugs and there's no audio oh, yeah, yeah. for a period of time. But the first time I was watching this episode, I was like, is, did I mute my TV? Oh, and then oh, I was I like, see. oh, right. No, this is on purpose. So Catherine walks in. We learn that he's wearing earplugs. That's why there was no audio. And crazy enough, Grissom forgot to file the paperwork for the conference. But psych. The deadline is actually tonight and not yesterday. So Grissom, get your button gear and submit the paperwork to the conference so that Catherine can attend this conference that she really wants to go to. Again, just another reminder. We never get a, confirmation if we does. never get confirmation. Well, we see him like shifting through a bunch of papers and assume like yeah, uh, we're we are to assume that he is like trying to find. I mean, we can try to make that assumption, but yeah, yeah. I don't mean, less than a later episode, Catherine is speaking at this conference. Yeah, yeah. So, we then move over to Sarah searching tire treads on the computer. Warwick walks in. He starts examining the victim's clothing and finds bugs, which turn out to be lice. But the victim, in his hair, did not have lice. So, they make the deduction that the lice must have been transferred from an attacker. I also want to point out that Chrisom is the bug guy. Yes, he is the bug guy. He's a wealth, wealth of information about mm-hmm. bugs. And they ask and so him when he walks in, like, what do you him, know about lice? And he's like, they make your head itch. Yeah, the the most useless piece of information yeah. he could possibly yeah. provide at that moment. Yeah. yeah, He's not a he's not in a good mood this episode. That's what I think. No, yeah, he's 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 a little yeah he's a little off in this episode. So Greg Sanders pops in, says he needs Chrisom. We then see Sarah checking out the taillight and there's some like numbers on it right so she pulls out Mm -hmm. the taillight from the evidence that we see that there's like some serial numbers on it we then have brad the coffee shop manager walking into a room jim brass and Catherine are there we learn that flynn used to be his boss so oh hey possible motive in this fun little murder we also learn that he has a concealed weapon permit and his registered weapon is a nine millimeter he agrees to turn it over we then go to work in grissom with greg sanders we learn that the blood on the knuckles has or is pyoverdin meaning that there's like a certain type of bacteria in it that is like causing it to be blue or to like have yeah it's like, like a blue dye that's yeah. being created by a bacteria yeah yeah so they need to find somebody that has you know this bacteria in their bloodstream to match with this Sarah it's great that in. these two guys have really like very specific identifying characteristics. Yeah, one, one of them has a very bacterial each, blood they infection. Each, they each, coincidentally enough, and one of them has have less. easily identifiable uh, conditions about them. So, Sarah walks in, and she gets a match on the partial serial number. And I had to make note of this because Grissom was like. Because she was like, oh, yeah, you know, there was, like, a partial serial serial number on the taillight. And he responds saying, like, yeah, but it's not enough to get a match. She goes, yeah, but if you take the tire prints, which tell us that it's, like, this specific make of vehicle, we can then take that partial serial number and match it to serial numbers to that specific vehicle. And, oh, my gosh, here's a match. And Grissom's like, oh. Instead of Grissom being like, Wow. Like, that was Great really forward-thinking of you. And, like, I'm glad that you went the extra mile here when I was ready to stop at this avenue. He's just like, oh, hmm. Not, Great. Uh, Grissom. Keep waiting for this Take awesome Take some management courses. Like, what are you doing? 
Can't wait for Grissom season two. They finally figure out his character. He does get a lot better. This is it's, this is a rough rewatch to be like, oh man, you do get so much better. To analyze this is, it so this much. Is really, to really analyze it instead of just being like, oh, I enjoy this and I'm just going to like watch yeah. this. Yeah, da, da. Now I have to like really sit and watch it. I'm like, Grissom, oh, this hurts. So Grissom walks outside. He's meeting Dr. Gilbert. He lets her know that they found the car that they believe is involved in the murder of Brian, and it is registered to Adam Walkley. Warwick and Sarah are investigating the car. They find lights on the headboard, on the driver's seat, and Warwick makes a comment about Dr. Gilbert, and Sarah says something back, and Warwick says something like, oh, that's because you don't like other women in Grissom's life. And Sarah's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend, like, you know, that I didn't, that I didn't hear that. Yeah. There's like a little, little drop in of like, oh, is there, are there romantic feelings between the Sarah and... I can't, I could not Grissom? imagine how Sarah could be attracted to Grissom the way he As treats her. As he is her. right now. <laughs> That's not a healthy, if it's true, it's just not a healthy association. Right? Yeah. So we then go to Adam, the accused. Uh, he's with his lawyer. He's also with Grissom and O'Reilly. And they have a warrant for his blood to find out if he has blue bacteria blood. So they have the warrant for that. And then Catherine walks in to Nick looking down a scope. He's letting her know they're in like the, the ballistics, gun ballistics lab. They learn that the striations don't match but that all the bullets from the crime scene are from the same gun. So it wasn't like multiple guns were used at the crime scene. It was a single gun. And then Jim Brass walks in. He doesn't really have much of anything either. We then have Catherine and Nick go back to the coffee shop and they set up a lot of bunch of fun lasers. So instead of string to do like blood splatter, they're yeah. using lasers to do gunshots, which I thought which, was pretty neat. It seems very unscientific. Yeah. Because if you were like, oh, this person was standing here, they, like you would need several points to like make a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we and learned they, that they their use first... these mirrors later, so it's not. Well, perfect. we learned that their first assumptions are wrong, right? Their first yeah. assumptions is that the the killer came through the front door and like killed these people. Shot first. from this place to make yeah. this whole. Yeah, but we learned in the scene that the bodyguard had his hands on the counter. Which comes into play later. But we learn in this scene that he had, he had put his hands on the counter. They have his, like, handprint slash fingerprints on the counter. This is when they start theorizing, like, what if the killer had come from the back to the front instead mm. of the front to the back? And so they find, like, a ricochet, which they realize that, like, could only happen if, like, a door was open and it doesn't make sense if that door yeah, opened well, if it was like from if the front. If it ricocheted and the door was closed, it would have had to at least make a hole in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't. There was no mm -hmm. hole in the door. And so they theorize that the shooting actually started with Erin, the six-week pregnant girl, in the back of the shop versus from front to back. So we then go back to what I would say is probably storyline A with Warwick, Sarah, and Grissom. They're having a little walk and talk in the hallway. We learn that the suspect, Adam, does not have lice, but he does have blue blood. So he's involved, but, like, there's more to learn about this yeah. crime scene. And so then I thought it was actually kind of cute. We we go from a Warwick, Sarah, and Grissom walk and talk to a Nick and Catherine walk and talk. Like, literally, we go from oh, walk and talk to walk and talk. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, in my notes, I was like, walk and talk. Walk and talk. And this is when Catherine reiterates that Aaron, Aaron knew that she was pregnant. Like, mm -hmm. there's no way that at six weeks pregnant, she didn't know that she was pregnant. 
And they both go to Doc Robbins and they ask for a paternity test. So run a paternity test on the fetus. Which Doc Robbins seems to be like, what? And they're like, yeah, there's enough cells. Run a paternity test. Thanks. <laughs> the size of a kumquat. Yeah. We then see Warwick and Sarah underneath like a lifted car. They find fabric. And they're also starting to realize that, which I don't know how you didn't already realize this when it was the taillight that was broken, but this is when they like solidify that the car backed up into the victim and didn't full like front facing hit the victim. And I'm like, yeah, you have a broken taillight. How do you think a broken taillight happens if like you hit them with the front of your vehicle? Obviously they hit them with the back of their vehicle. They also have to drive over them. Yes, because they got the tire treads. The whole, like, yeah, and then, like, if there's fabric under the car, then there should have been fabric missing from the shirt. It's kind of weird the way they pieced the... It's a... It's, yeah. It's not... This is... This is not the best interwoven evidence comes together to, like, a nice reveal episode. This is definitely a little bit of a bumpy road when it comes to, like, oh, does this actually make sense at the end of the day? Like, it sort of does, but we kind of have to jerry-rig it in a little bit. I should have looked up this director see if this was his first episode or not. I had it up. Peter so Markle. we then go to Grissom and O'Reilly. They are with the suspect Adam and his lawyer. This is when Adam is like, "Yeah, I may have hit the guy." I'm like, oh, oh, like that's his lawyer. like, "Yeah, go ahead and say it." The worst Bad lawyer. lawyer. This lawyer. Why would this you ever the, have him? This is keep? not the lawyer from the last episode that was representing the very wealthy no, no. family that like told oh, them to shut up on, and not say anything. <laughs> she's in a Aruba right now. So that's the truth. That's the truth. We then learn that he did have a friend with him the night that this happened, a Mark Rucker. And then Dr. Gilbert bursts in and starts just, like, screaming at Adam. Like, accusing him, you know, yelling. Grissom takes her out into the hallway and has to, A, let her know that she possibly compromised the investigation, but then also calm her down to be like, hey, like, we just learned that there's somebody else. So now there's like somebody else we could also charge in Brian's death. Like we didn't know that before. So please let me do my job, which is why you should not have outside people be a part of your investigations. Also compromising the investigation. Again, also compromising the investigation. So was it, do we just have another scene where somebody charged and attacked somebody in a hallway? Like a couple episodes ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. yeah. You, you think by now you would, Learn, learn to just now. not let people waltz into the police station. Yeah, yeah, just do what they want, have free will. We then go to Nick back at ballistics. We learn that it is that the coffee shop manager's gun is the right gun, but it is oh. the wrong barrel. So we switch the barrel of the gun. So they're going to do something called bullet batching to try yep. to see if like the ammo that he turned over it's matches the, the ammo. ammo. That was used in the shooting. Which I think can't they alluded, match like exactly the striations. Yeah, I think they alluded to that they couldn't do it on the other bullets because they were too damaged. Yes, but they found the ricochet bullet that yeah, was like in good in condition, coffee. so yeah. they can they can do it on that one. So yeah. we then that leads us into Jim Brass and Catherine with Brad, the coffee shop manager. He denies being the father, and then quickly does an about face when he learns that they have a court order when they get a court order for his dna and he's like okay yeah just kidding i'm totally the father but like you know i didn't even know she was pregnant but i'm totally the father and i'm like well Well, really it was it was i am not having a sleeping with this you know 18 year old girl yeah to oh yeah okay sure it happened like one yeah time. He, was, he was like oh it's a one-time thing i didn't even know she was pregnant blah, blah, well, blah. i'm a married man okay it happened yeah. one time 
He's like, you, anyone Anyone would tell you that, like, that's not the sort of person I am, which is exactly what you say if you're that sort of person. Like, Well, cool. he did a good job lying outside the coffee shop the first time. He did. Him. I will say. So I will he's say. Quite the, he's quite the, the, the actor. Not the actor, but the character of the actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we then go to Grissom and O'Reilly with the second suspect, Mark. He has no lawyer. He's just, like, free-balling it, which, I mean, good that for you, Mark, care. I that, guess. That person looked very familiar, but... He does look very familiar, but I I did the I did the he probably looks familiar because I've seen this episode so many times, so I'm not gonna see. I don't think he I I don't think he's familiar outside of that. He's probably he's probably been in things. Yeah, he's probably been like a character. Yeah, he's probably been a character actor in other in other things that I just don't I just don't know. So Grissom only has one question for him: Does your head itch? And then, with no warrant, just combs his hair. To yep. learn that he has lice. So, I mean, maybe there is a warrant. We just don't know that there's a warrant. But there is no scene letting us know that there's yeah. a warrant. He just goes over and takes, starts combing his hair. And then is like, hey, I mean, you they, have lice. You're obviously our suspect. They just read him his rights and started interviewing I doubt they have any uh, warrant for him yet. But Yeah. Yeah. So Mark Mark tries to say that we, go, we see his reenactment, which is him and Adam are fighting over the radio. They again just hit, like hit a mysterious bump that they don't realize is a person, and then Grissom is like, you know what? Let me tell you my story. And so then we get a different reenactment wherein we see Brian, the victim, like walk out of the liquor store with beer. They're like taunt, you know, they're underage, so yeah. they like see someone carrying a six pack. They're like taunting him. They start fighting with him because he's not responding to them because as viewers we know that he's deaf, and so he's not responding to them because he can't understand them. No, he can't hear them. He doesn't yeah, even know someone's he can't talking hear to them. him, right? Yeah, he doesn't know that someone's yeah. talking to him. So then they get to a fight, and we learn that the the blood on Brian connects to Adam. So we see, like, him fighting Adam and, like, punching Adam in the, the mouth and, like, you know, cutting open his lip. And that the lice on Brian ties back to, to Mark. And this is when Grissom tells him, like, he was afraid of you. Like, you, you killed him because you were afraid of him but he's like more he was more afraid of you so that which i'm not entirely sure i agree with because i i feel don't like, i feel like in their no, reenactment they, they being, jumped him so fast he doesn't know jerks. what was going on yeah, yeah i don't think they were like scared of him i think they were just being jerks and like someone wasn't responding to them and they were like oh they never how dare knew... this person not give us the time of day and they beat the crap yeah, out they of say them. scared of him like they actually they never even knew he was deaf right yeah. yeah, no, I don't... Yeah, I, I agree that that was, like, a weird... That was a weird stretch. And then we go back to the other show online with Jim Brass, Catherine, and Nick. They're with Brad at the coffee shop. They show him the evidence. They're just like, here's the ammo match. So we matched the ammo. It was your ammo that like, killed well, everybody in this coffee shop. We see the, like, actual reenactment. So he, like, comes in, he confronts Erin, and it's basically like, you can't have this baby. And she's like, I'm gonna have this baby, and I don't care. And he kills her, and then he kills the other coffee shop worker, because she, like, happened to be walking back in the back room as he shot Erin, and then he had to go out and shoot everybody else. She's and... like, yeah, I mean, also, she would have just heard... Yeah, she would have heard. She was not wearing headphones that with, with heavy metal music to drown out the the music and brad tries to say he gets arrested and he tries to say that he just wanted to talk and Catherine is like cool so you brought your gun like you if you just wanted to talk you, you could have yeah. just showed up like there was no need for you to be packing if all you wanted to do was talk and then we kind of 
I mean, storyline A is already technically wrapped up, but we, we end the episode with Grissom talking to Dr. Gilbert back at the school. Some people are just afraid. And that's why they caught Brian, because he was different. You don't see us as different. You're not. Who taught you to sign? My mother. And this is where we learn, because he's willing to talk to Dr. Gilbert, who he just met and who almost ruined his investigation versus his like trusted co-workers, yep. that his mother is the one who taught him how to sign. Yep. And then they have a conversation in sign language. And I, I know like seven signs, so I have no idea what is said in this in this exchange, because I know I know how to sign happy birthday. And I know like a few other things beyond that. And that's literally all I know how to sign. So. I, don't, I don't know too much, but I probably know more than none. You know, it would be fair well, to say, say a, I know. You, yeah. you dated an interpreter. Yeah. And so. so I mean, a long, well, long this time is, ago. But. This is what I was able to write down. His mom, I think, was I can't remember. Who he, I couldn't tell if it was seven or eight years old or something. I think that's what he, he was saying. That's when she lost her hearing. And then something about lo- like liking to swim. And that was really all I could and understand. And that's all you could pick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, I was, and, I, and so I suspect it was supposed to be like she likes to swim and she liked damage your hearing underwater or something yeah something like that. and so i didn't know if that's something we learned about later on in more detail but nothing else but it was only like a couple sentences it seemed like yeah but yeah that was the the extent to to my ability i actually watched it rewinded it i think i watched it like three or four times to see if what i could figure out and that's basically all i got out of it yeah yeah no that's fair and that's so, fair uh, so what did you think about this episode, Nick? Uh, it was okay. Like, I, it, I feel like maybe you insinuated to me that the next episode was going to be... I think you are trying to say it was going to be better than the last episode. And Which so I, I think it was. I think it's their hopes. I, I like the storylines, but it has, it has some weird choppiness. So I will admit that I did not like this episode as much as I thought I liked this okay. episode. Like, when I rewatched yeah. it, I was like, oh... I don't like this episode as much as I thought I liked this episode. I didn't know how much it was like, did I get unnecessarily hyped and then it's not living up and so I'm being harsher on it? No, I literally was like, oh, this episode is not as good as I remember this episode being. Like, I thought I liked this episode a lot more than I liked this episode. I I do think it's There are a lot of things I like in this episode. There are a lot of things I like in this episode. I'm not but sure. I feel like there's weird, weird It is the first time it. we saw this director. I did look it up, although they oh, okay. do direct two episodes next season. So okay. look forward to the Slaves of Las oh, Vegas. Yeah, well, oh, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, which, which I thought was a very cheeky name for yeah. an episode that they're also credited with. But yeah, so maybe it just comes down to the directing or, yeah, maybe it or, or something. And I, I also feel like even though the show has started to take off, it's still funny. It's, it's landing as more... Until you have characters well-established, I think when you bring new people into a show, everyone's always trying to put their own spin on someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the actors, they respond to directors. Their show, it's kind of popular, but they don't feel like a star. They don't always feel like they have the ability to push back. Yeah, yeah. You don't know how far in advance these episodes are being filmed. So they may not have the same understanding of how big the show is or what they should, you know, how they should fight to represent this character. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like... I feel like beyond, like, learning a tiny bit about Grissom in this episode, like, learning, like, oh, he signs, and his mother is 
quite possibly deaf because she's the one who taught him how to sign. There's like no other backstory that's further investigated for any of the other characters. You know, like I, yeah. I think we both like episodes where we like learn a little yeah, bit she... more, or they, they're a little bit more of like the characters' backstories get to like have a play in the episode. Like, we still know nothing about Catherine's like legal fight about her daughter of her daughter and to you know, her like, husband that she's still legally married to yeah like all that sort of stuff because that divorce like, hasn't happened we're just gonna like ignore that for right or now the mortgage and, yeah like things like that we just have no warwick's gambling i guess is not a problem anymore because we haven't heard about that for or a few episodes it? so like maybe that's not a problem anymore i don't know so yeah, I I thought I liked this episode a lot more than I did, and then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, I All don't right. like this episode as much as I thought I did. So I apologize because I, I, having... I definitely told Nick last episode, I'm like, oh, the next episode is like so much better. And then as I was watching it, I was like, this is not that much. Better. I do think it's better. I don't think it's that. Much oh, better. it's so for I sure. Apologize. It's for sure better. It's just it's not like the top no. order, let's say. No, this is we've had I... so far. I wouldn't make our top five list. No, no, I agree wholeheartedly. So we'll we'll see how we feel about the next episode. We'll be back next week with season one, episode twenty-one, Justice is Served. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon a CSI Podcast. We are also on Twitter at slash X threads and Instagram at Who Are You CSI Pod. You can also email us at who are you CSI Pod at gmail.com and feel free to tag us or use the hashtag who are you CSI Pod. We love to interact with you guys, so feel free to reach out. We really appreciate it. And you know, if you have any friends that our CSI fans, feel free to let them know about our podcast. Uh, word of mouth is the the best way to grow our audience. So, if you know someone who might enjoy our podcast, you know, please please let them know. Send them send them our way. But otherwise, we will talk to you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers.